This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being the good football team. Three-step drop, throws to the end zone, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles, who now is officially the first Bucks coach since Sam Weish wow. in 1992 to start <laughs> 2-0 as the head coach. Quite a stat there, huh? That's scary. <laughs> is, a, is it a kind of a good feeling to know that, man, not a lot of new head coaches get a chance to start with a 2-0 record? It's just good to be 2-0. I'm not worried about the rest of them. That's, that's always a good way to look at it. I know that uh, this game, the win didn't necessarily come in all the exact ways you, you thought it might. There were some uh, interesting, shall we call them, extracurriculars involved in the game. Now, as the head coach, I feel like when something like the fight happens, it now falls a little bit under your purview of how to address it, how to handle it with the team. So looking at that, what was your strategy of after this happened of how you wanted to address it as the head coach of the team? Well, after that, you know, as you know, Mike's been suspended one game, so it cost us a good player. It's okay to defend your teammate, but you have to do it the right way. You either break it up or you grab the other guy and pull him out of the way or pull your own teammate out of the way. We can't afford to lose players. That's not going to help us the next week, especially very good players. And looking at who is and is not going to be available, what are the injury updates you have at this point, either for the guys who didn't go at all in the game, got hurt mid-game? I know that it's always a long week and a lot can change, but what are the things that you know and don't know as of right now? Right now, we don't know a whole lot. I know that Hicks and Wells got injured. Uh, Hicks with his foot, Wells with his calf, and they're probably going to be out the next week. I probably know that much. Um, The rest of them, it's day by day. We're going to take it till next week and see what happens. And looking at this game, I think a lot of people would point to the fight as a turning point, but I'm sure you view it as more than that was going on in the game, and it's not just that. But what would you say is when you're looking at a game that is 3-3 and then the fourth quarter the team comes alive, both creating turnovers, finally getting a touchdown on the board, what would you say was the turning point or what shifted at that point in the game? Well, it was really just the turnovers. When you're playing a game like that, you have to kind of manage it from an offensive standpoint. If you know you're in that type of ball game, you can't lose it. I thought Tom did a good job managing the ball game and understanding the situations that we were in and not turning the ball over. There was a point late in the fourth quarter, but right before that touchdown got scored, where the defense had scored as many points as it had allowed so far this season. I have to imagine that's uh, music to your ears. It is if it was the right way. I do not like that last touchdown given up. I do not like us not finishing that ball game on a good note. Overall, it's probably a good thing that we have the stat that we have. But as a coach, me personally, I did not like that last touchdown. So then let's let's talk about the turnovers I know you did like. that uh, Five of them, not too shabby. Um, and different types of turnovers, different situations. You got a pick six, you got a couple interceptions by Jamel Dean, forced fumbles. Uh, Tell me about what you thought worked so well in this game to create those when I know that's something you guys are always emphasizing. I think the film study helped them. They watched film as a group on Friday. 
and being on the same page and understanding what's going to happen before the players run is, is really important. I thought Dean did a great job at doing that. And the fact that he caught two interceptions that were difficult catches for him, he drops all the easy ones, he catches all the hard ones. So that was impressive in itself. And Mike obviously is a ball hawk and he baited him into a pick and he almost baited the lineman into catching him down the field, but he got, he got <laughs> by it. Yeah. And they made plays, you know, they made plays. The name of the game is turnovers. No matter what, if you get turnovers, you have a chance. I, I feel like Jamel Dean's the guy you've talked the most about, about trying to help him learn how to learn the game. Did that feel like this was a game where you saw the fruit of all that work and evidence that the time you guys have spent together, you know, having been his defensive coordinator, his time here, did you feel like this was like, this is what we've been working towards? Not yet. I think he got that on his own. That play he made in the end zone was outstanding. I mean, that was a heck of a play. Even the one diving he made and rolled over and got up on, that's all him. That's all the work he put in. That's a credit to himself. And Mike Edwards now, that is his third pick six in less than a year. He had those two against the Falcons, which is the most in the NFL since he entered the league. Mm -hmm. So there's picks and then there's pick sixes. And we talk about already just Mike Edwards per snap on the field. It's incredible the number of picks he has gotten. And then now to know that there's those three pick sixes. What is it about his game and why? what is it that you've watched him develop of why you're like, man, this guy, it's, it's almost incomprehensible what he gets stats-wise. He was like that in college. You know, he played a quasi-safety nickel role in college. He had the best vision underneath than probably anybody coming out his year that he can see things that everybody else could not. And that, that's not something that you, you learn it over time early, but if you don't have it when you get here, you don't really get it. And he has that knack for it and he understands it. And, you know, he makes plays. He makes a bunch of plays. And Devin uh, ends up with, now he has three and a half sacks on the first two games of the year. That was as many as he had all of last season. What has shifted so much for him from a specific sack standpoint? Is it something you guys are dialing up? Is it something he's just been executing? Where do you see is the, the reason for his increased production already? We scaled him back last year when everyone got hurt, so he had to do more coverage-wise when Levante got hurt and everybody else got hurt. So he ran the defense last year. This year we're back with everybody, so we're turning him loose a little bit more, and he has a knack for getting to the quarterback. And sacks overall, I mean, six total. Again, six sacks and five other interceptions. I mean, it's just, or five turnovers. It's incredible those two things together of what that shows production-wise of a defense. But outside of Devin, looking at Devin sacks, everybody else's, what would you say the, the biggest reasons were that your guys were able to get home so much? Just hungry, trying to get back there. You know, some of it was scheme. Coach Rogers and Coach Foote did a great job at that. Other things was they know how to get off of blocks and get to the quarterback. I know that with the run defense, that's always a point of pride for you guys. And uh, I know that even though the defense just played an absolutely incredible game, there were going to be a few runs that you weren't going to be happy with some of the yardage that, you know, Mark Ingram getting 60 yards and a couple bigger gaps up the middle. And um, it, it was predominantly that opening drive, though, which was similar to the Cowboy game, where it felt like the opening drive getting a little bit too much early and then the defense settling down. What did you think of overall with the run defense and why it seems like that first drive, they, they're kind of needing to get their, their feet set there before really clamping down mm. afterward. Honestly, I did not like it. I thought we were running around blocks and running trying to make plays as opposed to playing scheme. And I thought it hurt us early on, especially the first drive. I didn't like it against the Cowboys. I really didn't like it 
against the Saints. So we got a lot of work to do fundamentally and clean up some things, but that's something we take pride in. We can't rush the passer unless we stop the run, and they understand that too. But we'll take a look at the film, and we'll see what needs to go where, and we'll get back to work. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. Uh, looking at this offense now, knowing you'll be without Mike Evans for sure, and you didn't have – you know, Chris or Julio this last week, there were five different wide receivers on the injury report last week. I'm sure that's a, a little bit stressful in the uh, game prep uh, there. How does that work for you guys from a preparation standpoint when there is a lot of uncertainty, particularly at one position of how you're going to try to make it work? It really affects the scout team, you know, because you have to go double duty now. We have guys that are on the scout team that are taking regular offensive reps and scout team reps, but we have a lot of depth at receiver. You never want to lose five or even three, even two, but we'll see how it goes. And these guys have made the team for a reason and we, we helped them make the team for a reason. And they showed us some things in preseason that they'll get a chance to play. So we're not going to make any excuses. We're going to gear up. We're going to get them ready to do things they can do well, and we're going to play. Scotty Miller and Brashad Perriman, two guys that were asked to step up in a bit of a bigger role this last game because of it. Um, first of all, take us through the Brashad Perriman touchdown and, and why he was the guy to make the kind of play at that point in the game and, and why he's the guy even on the roster when it was such a crowded room, not knowing who might make the final 53. Well, he's a jack of all trades. You know, he works at his craft. He knows every position, Z, Y, X, F. You know, he knows a ton of positions. He plays special teams. He's a a diligent guy as a route runner. He's not as flashy as the rest of them, but he's consistent. You know where he's going to be, when he's going to be there, and if you throw it to that spot, he's going to catch it. And I think that's the connection they had. They had one last year in Buffalo that was the same way, and he makes those type of plays. And how about Scotty Miller, uh, his game? I know that he had you know, one that was a, a big gain, a 23-yarder, but then uh, didn't get as many catches as you might think with the number of targets that he had. What did you see overall from his game and what he might need to do moving forward if we're again without some of these wide receivers? Scotty's a gritty player. He also had a reverse that he, he did well on and a jet sweep that he ran well on, but he's playing inside more. He's not just a deep threat now. He's becoming a well-rounded receiver for us, and we're happy to see that. Fournette, huge game week one. We knew that was, it's not as likely to have a performance like that every week. And uh, he was still used a lot this week after another guy that was on the, the injury report. But his, especially yards per carry, definitely down from the week before. I think just 2.7 in this game. What did you think of his game overall? And knowing that he was coming in a little bit banged up and had to really hard earn some of those, those yards in this game. We thought he had a better week this week than he had last week because of his blocking and mm -hmm. keeping the guys off of Tom. You know, he was clean and blocking, chipping, helping the offensive line out. He was making hard, necessary yards, whether it was one or two yards. He kept the ball moving and kept it churning, and he was out there fighting, and we thought it was one of his best all-around games. And the, speaking of the offensive line, I mean, man, for Tom to stay as clean as he did when you're on your third string tackle and you basically have one guy out there now that was playing on that line last year and uh, I imagine that that is if you were to be told ahead of time that that's a scenario very few people would think that that would go as well as it did what did you see from their performance overall and what do you think is allowing them to still protect him as well as they are when you are down so many people I thought they fought I thought they fought well you know I thought they did a heck of a job trying to keep Tom clean 
I think they're prideful. It means something to them. I think Goody and Joe do a great job getting those guys prepared. And when they have to go out there, they don't look like they miss a beat. The coaching staff at large, now that your first year as the head coach, but it's so many of the same people on the staff, and the relationships <laughs> that you guys have had of the longevity, when Ooh. I imagine that coaching staffs are almost like a marriage during the season of how much you guys spend time together, maybe you know see eye to eye on some things, have to wow. go through disagreements. Does this feel like a fair analogy? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. Well, I don't know where to start. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Ross, the corners coach, I met Kevin in 1981. I was a freshman at Temple University. He was a junior. He was a junior at Temple University. We played in the same secondary together. I've known him ever since then. So he was the first one. Bruce came in 83. I knew Kevin before I knew Bruce. Wow. And Keith Armstrong, our special teams coach, came in 82. I had him on his recruiting visit. He stayed in my room. So I've known Keith. And he Longer still than than came. And I Keith mean, man. came anyway. So <laughs> that, was, that was big. And I've known him for a long time. McNair came in 84. Uh, so I've known him a long time. Then Bruce, Nick Rapone, Clyde Christensen all came in 83. They came in 83. So we got to know them very well. So I've known them quite a few years. I met Casey in Dallas in 2005. We've been on the same staff. This will be our 14th year together. Wow. Tim, this is my seventh or eighth year with. I coached foot in Arizona his last year before he got into coaching. Uh, I so bet he was a handful. Foot was a <laughs> big handful. He, he was all mouth and he was running <laughs> on a little motor. Ironic with the name, you know? Little motor, a lot of pride, yes. but he was a good football player. And I've known him for a long time. I met Goody and Garver and Byron and who else? A ton of them in Arizona. So this is our what, sixth year going on that together. So I've known them a long time as well. The only new one was Van Dam who got here. And I've known Lowe for a long time. Coach Lowe went to Temple with us back in 83, 84. So Lowe was a Temple alumnus too. So I've known her for a long time. So this it's been quite a few people to do a lot of things, you know, that, that, that have a great relationship that I lean on to do specific things because they all can see different things. They all can see different things. Goody sees a lot. Ross sees a lot. And, you know, we meet, we disagree in meetings as far as what we want to run schematically, but it's not at your throat disagreement. It's this may be better than that, that may be better than this, and we come to a conclusion and we go with it. But there, there's, there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of practical joking going on <laughs> around. There's, there's a lot of coaching going on around as well, but we're on the same page. And how big of a difference does that make either in the course of a week as you're making decisions, the heat of the moment in a game, after some long days, long hours, what are the ways that, I mean, you've been on a lot of staffs and they're not always like this where people have known each other for so long. What are the ways that you've seen that tangibly make a difference, maybe even on the field based on the relationships you guys have? Well, there's trust. I think we all know each other's hot points and bullet points. So you know when to digress on the field, when the person gets a certain way, has a certain attitude, and you know how to handle it. And the fact that we've all been around each other and know each other a lot, you know, it helps with that. It helps ease a lot of things that could escalate because everyone knows it's not personal and nobody's trying to stab anybody in the back. And that's rare 
on a lot of coaching staff. So we have a lot of trust here. We have a lot of fun here. We do a lot of teaching here and, you know, everybody gets along and it, there's no right way. The best idea is the right idea and nobody has an ego big enough to say, I'm doing this or else. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles, finally back at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, it's been forever and first time with the regular season now. It's tough to have a couple road games, I'm sure. So for you, what are you most excited about in terms of your first game as the, the Bucks head coach back at Raymond James Stadium for a regular season game? Somebody cheering for us, number one. <laughs> it's, it's always helpful, you know? <laughs> That'll be the biggest thing, but no, just not having to get on a plane. And we haven't been there, I guess, since August 9th, first preseason game. So it feels like forever just to go in there knowing you have the fan support and try to give them something to cheer about. And this Packers team, uh, anytime you have Aaron Rodgers back there, you, uh, you know it's going to be a good one. But it, they, they do seem a little different than Packers teams of the past in terms of the types of offense they're trying to run, the different types of wide receivers they have. What do you see in terms of this rush attack they seem to really be favoriting and how this could look a little different than some other games where they're just letting maybe Aaron Rodgers sling it a whole lot? All good teams find a way to tweak stuff every year. I think they've tweaked some things for the run game. It doesn't mean they can't throw it. He's still one of the best passers in the game of all time, really. And they got two great running backs back there with Jones and Dillon. Uh, both can tote it very well. Both block for each other. They feed off each other. But as soon as you start trying to do that, they still have a passing game. Regardless of what everybody thinks, they still have a passing game. Uh, they're finding their way just like we're finding ours, and it should be a heck of a ball game. What does a guy like Aaron Rodgers bring that makes it challenging to go against? That as someone who I know you love playing kind of that chess match and the, the mental side of prepping for, and he is a guy who is so good at that as well. What are the challenges of someone like him? I don't want to play him in a chess match. You know? <laughs> Give me somebody else. <laughs> but he is, he, he is very intelligent and he is very smart and he probably has the best or the quickest fade ball. He can put it wherever you are not. And I haven't seen too many quarterbacks do that in a long time. Mahomes can do it. Brady can do it. But he's one of those guys that can put it right where you're not because he knows where you're going to be. And that's hard, you know. He can read defenses. He can dissect plays. You're not going to fool him. You know, you got to play straight up ball and you got to try to get to him while covering everybody or try to stop the run. You're going to have to do a lot of things right to beat him. And how about their defense? Again, they're a team that when you think of the Packers, everybody just immediately goes to their offense, but their defense is proven that they can help them win games. And it, and it feels in some ways very similar to how the Bucks season has started, where it's you know a lot of run game stuff and a lot of defense where that may be not what people have always come to expect. So what do you see on the defensive side from them that people might not realize? Well, it's an offensive game, so everybody wants to rah-rah, but defensively, they've been doing an outstanding job. I thought they shut Chicago down last week. They got guys up front in the middle and in the back end that can make plays, and I think they kind of bail the offense out some. You know, they do a heck of a job there while the offense comes around. And for you, home game, what is your uh, MO of how you like to run your day? Of What does a game day look like for you and the way you get prepared on a home day game day? Depending on what time of day it is. Uh, Four o'clock game, for me, it's sleeping in NCIS New Orleans. <laughs> It. it gets your mind in the perfect place. Yes. Solving, that, that, solving I puzzles. Can't, you know? I can't get to football until maybe 
three hours before the game. I'll, I'll, I'll just watch mindless television until it's time to go, and then I'll kind of lock in on what I have to do. So mine is pretty easy. I love that. Mine is pretty easy. Well, I hope that the NCIS gets you exactly where you need to be for this <laughs> Sunday, for this first home game. Well, Coach, thank you as always for your time. Coming up next on Buccaneers Total Access, we'll have offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut. Matt Prescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. And we had Todd Bowles on with us in the first half. And now I'm so excited to be joined by offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Now, Byron, thanks for being with us. Happy to have you. Um, man, it is, uh, what a start to the year. And... I have to imagine the, the breaking the losing streak to the Saints so you just don't even have to hear about that anymore for a minute has got to be a pretty good feeling. Yeah, it's good to get that out the way, yeah. right? Yeah. We've been talking about that a long time. So it was good for us to go up there in that environment, to not play our best offensively, to dominate defensively and special teams and find a way to win the football game. It's a beautiful thing for us as a team. It just I think it shows where we at as a team. And anytime you can get a divisional win, versus people we struggled against, it's a good thing. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's got to be so nice to know that on days where maybe I know for you the offense didn't do some of the things you would have hoped for or have the production you hoped for, to know that the other side's got, got your back, that that's a thing where teams can take that one way or the other and to know that, man, like they just step up and, and it's got to in some ways feel like it takes a weight off to know it's not always going to be up to you guys. Yeah, we always feel that way. We know what we have defensively and special teams here. We know what type of team we have. So, like, our mindset as an offense is just really to go score points and make it difficult for the other team knowing what they got to go up against. And we didn't do a good job of that last week, but our defense bailed us out. Our special teams bailed us out a tough situation. We're just happy to find a way to get a win, especially being so banged up right now. We're just happy and we're just trying to keep stacking up wins. So then what would be the, the big picture offensively these first two weeks, the, the things that stand out to you that you've done well, that you want to do better? What are some of those, those high-level ideas you guys have been going over in meeting rooms? Well, I think the two things showed up. Week one, it was really red zone. I liked everything about what we did week one. We just didn't score enough points, and we didn't score touchdowns when we were down in the red zone. Last week, we just didn't get there enough. <laughs> we didn't get down there enough to make those things happen. But... Obviously, it's things we just got to clean up. Like, first and foremost, pre-snap penalties, we got to get through with them because we're ending up in too many third and long situations. And it's difficult to convert, especially early in ball games, especially against football teams like the way we play that live and that makes all their money on you being in third and long. So we'll do a better job of that. Uh, I like where we're at, and we just clean everything up and just keep getting better. When it comes to things like um, some of the execution on either red zone or getting into those third and long situations, is it something where you guys think that there will be some stuff you want to switch up in the game plan, or is it more about just executing the game plan that's already there? No, it's, it's a little bit of everything. I think I can do better. I think we can execute better. I think we can do all of the above better. Uh, really, it's never really one thing when those things happen. It's little miscues here and there. It's not big things that's happening. It's really little tiny things that's happening that's preventing us from converting the way that we need to convert. But I love this group. I love the way we approach it. We're aware of what we need to do to get better, and I like this group. They always have a way of responding. 
And you talked about how banged up you guys have been. And I, for you being the guy that draws up the kind of the whole game plan together, what is that like to try to prepare for a game when A, you're missing a lot of key pieces, or B, you don't know how many you're going to be missing when so many are, well, we'll see closer to game time or later in the week when you're having five wideouts on the injury report going into the game. First of all, I'm assuming you're having a heart attack during the week at some point, but what is that like to try to come up with that game plan with so many unknowns and missing pieces? It's somewhat difficult, but if you're out there in the huddle, you know, we believe in your ability to help us win football games. That's one thing we believe in, the next man up. I really believe in that. Uh, is the next guy going to be Chris? Is the next guy going to be Julio? No. But come in and do what you can and bring your skill set to it. We know what that skill set is, so come in and help us that way. Come in, put your hand in the pile, do what you do well, and we'll be fine. So we, we feel good about that. The injury is not really an excuse. We still should be executing at a higher rate and I'm excited for weeks to come on where we can go what we're going to how we're going to approach this as an offense I love these moments sometimes adversity is good for you especially early in the season so we'll see I feel like I hear you guys on the coaching staff talk about how you want to put players in a position to succeed so it's looking at what are they good at what do they bring to the table and trying to game plan accordingly but then there also is the mindset of next man up that like you said that you may not be Chris or Julio but we're still expecting you to be able to step in and do that. How do you balance those two things of trying to game plan for the specific guy that's going to be out there versus just expecting him to step up and do what he's supposed to do? Well, first is our job as coaches to learn the skill set of the player. Now, once you know the skill set of the player, you know what he does well, know what he needs to work on, you try to have him do as many things as he's do well all the time. <laughs> yes. That's how you really do it. Just put them in. That's what we mean by put them in position. Put them in position according to their skill set to give them a chance to be have consistent success. And that's what we'll do from here on out. The injury is not the problem. We just need to clean up things. Obviously, it's better when you have your core guys, your main guys back. But we'll be fine. I love what we're getting from our young guys right now. Just got to do a little better execution. But it's small things. It's very simple things I think we can fix and get rolling. And I know now uh, you'll be without Mike Evans this next week, which has always got to be tough. So two things with that. One, what is that going to mean for this offense to be without him? And two, uh, as a coordinator, how do you handle something like a fight that happens, a suspension? What are the ways that you feel like it's your role or maybe Coach Bowles role to address that and, and learn from it as a team? It's difficult because initially I, it's, it was tough to see. You don't really know what's really going on. And then you watch the TV copy and you see it. And obviously, Mike know he's way too important for us, for us to lose him. And he, he understands that. Uh, we talked about that. He understands that. Uh, if we lose Mike and somebody else lose their guy, it's a vanish them. Yeah. Because Mike's that important to us. Even when he's not catching the ball, when he's on the field, he's that important to us. So he understands that. We'll learn from that. We support Mike, though. We'll support Mike. Obviously, it was a... Something that we don't want to happen. We don't want to fight or have those type of interactions on the field. But I think we as a group can learn from this. We as a group can learn from this moving forward. We'll be excited to get him back whenever we get him back, and we know he'll be ready to roll. And looking at the other people, we're talking offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich that are asked to step up in the wake of injuries or missing. Brashad Perriman, one of those guys, stepped in big-time touchdown. For you on, I think I remember back to even the – 53-man cut down that that was a heck of a crowded wide receiver room everybody was wondering how it was going to shake out and Brashad was a guy that ended up making that cut so I feel like this game was 
maybe evidence of, of why he was the guy that out of all those people that made plays in the preseason, he made that final room. So tell me about that play and then what it is that Brashad brings that you guys knew even when he missed a lot of the preseason, you knew what he brought to, to make him earn that spot. Yeah, when we had him in 19, we, you know, I was kind of shocked of how good a player and what his skill set was really as a player in 19 when we had him. He had a heck of a year for us in 19, and obviously he got away from us because he did such a great job that contractually it was probably more money elsewhere, <laughs> and I understand that. But anytime you can insert that type of player onto your team, he can play multiple positions. Uh, He's a big play guy, as you as we've seen since he came back with us. He's made some huge plays for us since he's gotten back with us the second time. And he's a guy, a first-round pick that's that's been through all situations. He had a lot of success. He's been in places where he haven't had success. He understands we love him here. We love him here. We love what he brings to our football team. So he's another guy that we just try to put him in position for his skill set to have a lot of success. But he's been huge for us, really, from – the multiple positions he could play and what he allow us to do with the speed and technique that he plays with, he helps us out a lot. And then Scotty Miller, another guy who, um, you know, inactive the first week but then asked to step in week two. Uh, he had a 20-plus yard catch and had a sweep that, that went well. But what overall from his game of what are you hoping for him to, to bring moving forward? What have you been happy that he's been able to produce in his role? Scotty's another guy who's only given us big plays in crucial moments since he's been here. Uh, we drafted Scotty, was that 19, I believe? 19, we drafted Scotty. And every opportunity, every chance that he get the opportunity to make the play for us, he does. So we expect that of Scotty. Uh, we got a deep room in there. A lot of guys who've been through, who've had a lot of experience now, who've been through multiple situations, postseason, big games, understand difficult games. They've all faced adversity together. So we know what we have in this group. That group of men that's in the locker room, we understand what we have. And it's a joy to really work with them every day, knowing that we've all been through what we've been through. And I trust this group at any moment, at any time during the game. And a new addition uh, to the group, Cole Beasley. Uh, what made you guys decide to bring him in? And what are some of the challenges to get a guy up to speed when you're already heading into week three and he's just having to, to learn the playbook and learn what you guys do? Well, obviously, you got to bring somebody in, right? When you have, when you have as many I mean, guys. I was waiting for my call. I was a little upset it wasn't me. But you know what? I get it. Cole Beasley made a few more catches than me. I get it. Yeah, he may be a little better player. <laughs> you, know, you know, you don't know that. I'm waiting for my workout. But, yes, tell me what Cole brings. Yeah, he's a veteran guy who's uh, had 80-some catches last year, who's caught a lot of footballs in this league, who understand what it takes to go out there. A true veteran, really. A true veteran. That's the only way you can do what he's done and put on tape, what he's put on tape since he's been in this league. So it's a veteran guy where we need help in that room right now because we're pretty banged up. We'll see where it goes. We'll get him in here and we'll see. It's tough to say what type of role or anything until I actually get an opportunity to get on the grass with him and see what's there. But we're happy to have someone like that, a veteran guy who understands this league and know how to play. And when the wide receivers have been banged up and maybe some of the plays haven't been coming, that run game, you know, Lenny's, Lenny's been putting in the work at uh, that first week. Incredible production. And I know that Coach Bowles said that you guys were, even though maybe the yards weren't as high or the yards per attempt weren't as high, that y'all were blown away by his game this last week. So tell everybody what it's been these first two weeks and then this last week as well that made you guys so happy with his performance. Lenny has had A-plus 
He's been great now that A-plus leveled the first two ball games. What he brought to us last week, it won't show on the stat sheet, but all the little plays, all the things that we talk about, all the coaching points, he was dead on on it. And he helped us so much with nobody to see. He helped us in the passing game. He made some times where we should have lost two. He got us back to the line of scrimmage. He gave us good, tough, hard runs where he's gaining five or six yards where most, most people won't gain five and six yards there. Lenny has, the beginning of Lenny year has been excellent, really. The effort that he's putting in, the preparation that he's putting in, kind of said it at the end of last year. I think we kind of watched Lenny grow right in front of our eyes into a professional running back, and I'm happy that he's having this success. The type of guy that he is, the work that he put in, to showcase what he showcased on game day is unique. So we're happy to have him. We're happy that he's playing well. we got more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with Offensive Coordinator Byron Lefwich. Brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucs insider Casey Phillips. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. I am joined by Offensive Coordinator Byron Lefwich and uh, you mentioned earlier the, the issues with the red zone the first week. What are some of the things that you feel like you can already uh, be working on to improve with that? What are some of those the keys that tend to happen of great production in there versus less production? What does that tend to mean for you guys? I think a lot of those plays came down to really communication. I think we were uh, in a tough environment, on the road, can't hear each other, and we just didn't communicate well. And I, that's why I believe it's, it's such a fixable thing, really, when you come down to communication. Obviously, I think we'll do a better job of communicating and executing. Just executing at a higher level, at the standard that we're accustomed to. Everything all in one. What can we do collectively to make sure we're executing at a higher level and converting at a higher level? And speaking of the communication, that's got to have been something that's made you happy with the offensive line overall, that it is... Uh, a little bit of a revolving door for you guys so far the last <laughs> couple months where all of a sudden you've got your third string left tackle in this last game and Hainsey taking over and you know only one guy on the line this last week that was there with you last year <laughs> uh, that's a heck of a, yes. a heck of a strategy there and then the first couple weeks on the road like you mentioned very loud places to play overall what have you thought of their performance both run game and pass game I think they've been excellent They're, they've given us the ability especially week one the way we ran the ball the way we got downhill the way we moved controlled the line of scrimmage in week one also in week two the way we really pass protect like you say we got down to our third tackle and most of the time you get down to your third tackle right it's disaster and we trust that everyone out there is capable of playing. I really have that confidence in all these guys, and they constantly come in to the ball game and prove that. So, obviously, we got a lot going on from an injury standpoint offensively, but what you see is a bunch of guys that's really playing together still. Playing together, we may not be playing our best, but we're making enough plays to put our hand in the pile to help us win football games, and that's where we're at right now. We're excited for this week of practice. We're excited to try to get as healthy as we can get. But until then, you know, I trust that the guys in the huddle will get the job done because that's all they've really proven. Uh, like you said, we played a lot of people on the offensive side of the ball in two games. I mean, a lot of people. And for us to go and not have the big mistakes that we're having, obviously we got to clean up little things, but – We'll clean those things up, but the way that those guys went out and ready to play and the preparation of the young guys that has to play has been excellent. 
Yeah, and I know Shaq Mason had experience in this league, but you had both Luke Gedeke and Robert Hainsey making their starting debuts essentially in these roles. One's a rookie, one is in his second year at a position that's different than what he had played most of his football career. Um, the two of them in particular, what has impressed you about them and how they've handled being called upon in those roles? The ability of the moment not being too big for them. The moment's not too big for these guys. We felt that. We, we felt that, but we had to see it. And I think everybody else see it. The, what Hain, the job that Hainsey's done since he's come in, communicating with Tom, making sure we're all on the same page, has been excellent. You couldn't get better from anybody that's coming in trying to replace Ryan Jensen, right? We, we lose an all-pro guy. Now we got a guy come in that's still playing at a high level. And then you have Luke, who's a rookie, right? Who's a rookie, who's a guy who played right tackle last year. We move him at left guard in the National Football League where you're going against grown men on the opposite side of you. And he's able to hold it down and do his job, do his job to the point where as though he's showcasing what he brings to the table. He's not just out there. He's showcasing what he can bring to the table. The way that these guys fight, play together for each other, it's a beautiful thing. Like I said, that locker room that we have, it's a bunch of unique men in there that play for each other. And as a coach, you appreciate that. And how about the uh, relationship you have with Brady at this point and watching the ways that he's tried to now, A, build chemistry with new wide receivers, build chemistry with new offensive linemen. Uh, how have you seen him handle that, the players respond to it, and how you've been trying to help facilitate those processes. Yeah, it's, it's easy because you're working with Tom, right? You know, it's a good dude. I he knows a thing or two. Yeah, yeah, he's a great human being and a smart football player. So anytime you have that opportunity to do this with a guy like that, I mean, you're appreciative as a coach to say, hey, man, at the end of the day, I got Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who they got. I got Thomas, yeah. and it makes you feel good as a coach with all the different things that he brings to the table. Obviously, he's big on communication. So it's a lot of communication between all those new guys, all those young guys that's out there with him that may not normally get reps with Tom. Now we have to because this is all we got, right? This is all we got. And the communication and to see him go back and forth, that's what he don't get enough credit for being Thomas. Just the way he communicates with his players, the way – what he asks of them, what he needs of them, the communication in that is always clear. So now guys know what to expect from him, know what to expect on the game. Hey, we, we call this, I'm going to put the ball here, do this instead of that. All that communication he's having with those young guys right now to try to make sure we execute at a high level. So there's a lot of people in his shoes that won't go through that, to be honest with you. That's what makes Thomas different. That will make Thomas who he is. And how do you feel like his performance has been these first couple weeks? What are some of the things that you guys are uh, working on and, and hoping to, to see this next week? Uh, we'll be fine there. We'll be fine there. I think we had a different approach on how we wanted to attack some of these, the first two teams. I talked to you guys a lot about we want to be multiple. We want to mm -hmm. find ways to win that game that day. And it's a lot going on. So sometimes the way we played the first week, the way we played the second week, obviously we want to play better this week two. But sometimes that's the best way and the best approach for us to win in football games. Uh, I'm not worried about him at all. I think he's playing above the line everywhere. Um, we're not looking statistically. We didn't, you know, we didn't broke a lot of records around here. So we're not really thinking about stati statistics. We're trying to find ways to win football games and understand what the ultimate goal is.
We're talking offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich, and uh, we have yet to actually talk about Julio Jones and Russell Gage and the additions that they have brought. Uh, what has Tom liked about them and, and playing alongside them, and then what did you guys really see in them and where they're at at their this point in their career that you said, yeah, this, this is who we want to bring in here? Well, it's two players that we know well, right, that we played against. We're in the same division yeah, as these guys. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Much better on this side know, of things. I know. I know. I joke with those guys all the time. Uh, to have Julio and Russ, the veterans, you know, you get a guy like Julio who I always say who's going to one day have on a gold jacket, right? But he comes in and he communicates. He helps the young guys. You got a guy who's like Russ who's ascending in this league, who's becoming a great player within his own right. It's to get them guys healthy and to get them back out on the grass and the type of people that they are really just – that's like I say, man, we do a good job here. The uh, front office do a good job here of getting the right people in the locker rooms, in the huddles, and the way they approach things is excellent. It's been great to coach these guys. They come in, they're extremely coachable, and they want to put their hand in the pile and help us win football games. So it's, it's happy those guys have been nothing but a blessing for us. Now how about Rashad White? Uh, this is a guy that I feel like there was a lot of hype uh, before the season for and the way that he can contribute not just as a running back, but in the you know in the passing game, and now we've seen him even show up on special teams, winning the kick return job. Um, what has he brought, both on the field and just his attitude and mindset as a rookie? He's a unique guy. I've been saying that now. He's a man's man. Early on, for this young guy, he really know how to control his emotions. It's not too big for him. And I think as the season go on, you'll see him help us more and more throughout every week. Every week. I think he'll be more and more involved in the game plan. Um, but I, I like everything about him. I think he does everything well. He can run it. He can catch it. Uh, he can get out of the backfield. You can put him in empty. You can extend him. He can make plays everywhere on the football field. And I think he'll begin to make more as we get more throughout the season. And Coach Bowles now becoming the head coach. How has that been for you to know that a lot of times when there's a new head coach, I mean, there ends up being – a whole lot of change in an organization, but for you guys to remain almost completely status quo on the coaching <laughs> staff at that point, what's that been like to um, get that consistency with a head coaching change and then to watch him take on this role? It's great, man. It's great to see. I mean, we all know how good a coach Coach Bowles is, how good a coach Todd is. Todd's a great dude and a great coach. So this, this what's happening can't be happening for a better guy he's well deserving of everything that he get me and him are in constant communication really since we got together in 19 we always back and forth shooting ideas off each other so you can't be more happy for a guy than you can be for Todd especially being the type of guy that he is the type of coach that he is and the way that he approached the game of football is very similar to how I see it also so it's been fun it's been fun working with coach Todd and it's, it's just been cool to see him, you know, be a head coach for the second time and see the confidence that he have in his ability. And it's, it's been fun. And what are the ways that you guys work together to formulate a game plan? How does the X's and O's part of it work between the two of you? And, and how is it similar or different to the way it was last year and, and you still getting to run the offense when Todd Todd was already here running the defense. He's still calling the plays. How, how is all that similar or different compared to last That's year? That's very similar. It's just now that he's on the headset game day. <laughs> What's he like he's on a, the headset? He's excellent. He's excellent. Um, 
Well, it's not a lot of communication on the offensive headsets anyway because you're in the middle of calling plays, yeah. so it's not a lot of... You're like, leave but, me alone. <laughs> but me and him will communicate throughout a drive, throughout a series. He'll let me know, hey, we may go for it on yeah. fourth. So there's more communication on game day. You know, mm -hmm. we would never communicate right. on game day, but now that he's the head coach, there's communication there on game day about what he's thinking, about you know, do we got a chance to go for it on fourth down. All those situations, clock management, me and him are always going back and forth mm -hmm. with those things. Just coordinator, head coach stuff that normally happens now is just me and Todd doing those things. But it's been excellent. All right, we got one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with Offensive Coordinator Byron Luffwich, brought to you by Ivan Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. Time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access with Offensive Coordinator Byron Lefwich, and now finally a home game. I imagine for you guys on the offense, there's a bit of a sigh of relief there. <laughs> yes, it's been, uh, it's, it feels like we've been getting home at four in the morning a lot. Yeah. You know, we've been on the road for Which straight is normally weeks. when you're getting to the facility yes, in the morning. Yes, you're one of those early yes, bird people. Yes, so it's been just get off the plane and come straight in. Jeez. So obviously it's good to have a home game. It feels like we haven't been here in a long time. So it would be good to get in front of our fans. Obviously, we should have better communication, play in front of our fans, play in front of our crowd. We're excited to be home, though. We're excited to be home. Uh, we've been on the road a lot, but we're excited to get home and excited to play in front of our fans. And now preparing for the Packers. Um, I know that their defense is a, is a big part of their game plan this year. That It's, it's funny to think of the Aaron Rodgers-led team is recently looking like a run-first and defense-first team. And uh, what what is it from their defense that you guys know you really got to look out for, some of the personnel, some of the things they like to do that have made them as successful so far this season? They got players on every level, you know, from free agency, from high you know high draft picks. every All three levels of their defense, they got very good players. They're a big football team. That's a big team, you know. A lot of those guys have a special, unique skill set. So we know what we're up against. Playing against these guys two years ago, even though the coordinator's different, we know some of the personnel. But these guys are playing at a high level. You know, this defense is playing at a high level now. So we got to make sure we prepare, make sure we understand our details and detail what we're trying to do schematically and attack people the way that we're trying to attack people. So we, we're excited to get to work this week. Love the challenge of playing, you know, defenses of, of this caliber. It gives you a good gauge to let you know where you're at. So we're excited. Another good defense this week. We're excited. What does game planning look like for you? What are the, the biggest way, things that you find yourself looking at and over the course of a week, how things all come together? Well, I, I look at everything. <laughs> yeah, hence why you're here at 4 in the morning. <laughs> yes, I, I watch everything. You try to pick up on things that you can pick up on. Uh, as we're getting throughout the year, teams are what they are. We all are what we are. So we begin to put more of it on tape, what we truly believe in, because each year is different, right? Each year is different. What you believe in, what you're going to be as a team is different every year. So now that we're in week three, there's more tape out there of what, what teams are going to do and how they see it and their philosophies and everything. So you're getting more of an idea of what team's going to be. But at the same time, this thing comes down to execution. This thing comes down to execution, making sure we can do enough to execute at a high level to have success. And speaking of execution, uh, how do you feel about penalties so far this year that, especially early in the year when you're getting everything put in and on the road, 
you know, it's it's asking for a lot of that kind of stuff, especially some of the pre-snap things. But I know also pre-snap is what drives you coaches up yes. a wall. So yes. where uh, where would you rate the cleanness of the games that we've been able to play so far where you think there could still be some improvement? Maybe one or two too many pre-snap penalties. Uh, those are the ones that we can correct, right? It just takes concentration for that. Uh, the end ball penalties, sometimes it's the game of football. So you'll take those. You can yeah. coach through those. You know, you can learn from those. You can coach through those. It's the pre-snap ones, the concentration ones that we got to get rid of, uh, regardless of who it's coming from, right? Regardless, there's no excuses for in it. So it's no, I don't care if you're a young guy. I don't care if you're a veteran. Those are things that we can fix. We can fix with concentration. So we preach that to these guys. And like I said, with this group, everything that they're about, they tend to normally hear us and correct those things. So we're excited to go out and try to play better football. And then Aaron Rodgers, uh, this guy, you know, just keeps being pretty good at this football <laughs> thing, you know, like like another quarterback that we yes. know around here that the age does not seem to matter. Uh, I know that, you know, of course, you're not game planning for him, but what has it been like for you to watch him and, and what he's still doing at this point and, and what he means to their offense this year in particular? I think it's awesome anytime you have these two guys on the field together. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the exciting thing from a fan standpoint. You got to love and appreciate what these guys have brought to this league, what these guys bring to the position, the level that they, the level of, the level of play that they bring to the position is unreal, right? These guys that's going to be on the field Sunday evening is going to be some unique guys, and we may not see guys like this ever again, right? That's how good these two guys are. Uh, so it's exciting, uh, I, get, I bet, for the fans to have these two guys on the field, even though they don't play against each other. But it's exciting to have these two guys on the field. I think it's good for the league. It's good for football, and we're just happy to be doing this in front of our fans. Absolutely exciting to be finally back at Raymond James Stadium. Lastly, cannons, do you still jump at the cannons? This is what I love asking people. Uh, not really. I expect to hear him. Yeah. Oh, I like that. See, for you, yeah, there's some good news for you in particular. That's great. Well, Byron, trying to thank hear it you. as much as I can. Yeah, exactly. You want them all the time. Thank you so much for joining us. We, we really appreciate it, and good luck this week. Okay, thank you. All right, and thanks to all of you guys for listening. This is Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.